travelling once again on the London Underground, coming into the studios here at Premier Christian Radio today, I looked around the packed carriage. We were jammed in like sardines. It's not a joy when your journey involves frantically staring at the armpit of another human being. But I realise that for so many people, their aspiration might be to just escape the ordinary, to find the spectacular. Sometimes graduating students from school or college, they're told that they can do anything they can dream, which, let's face it, isn't true. Or we're drip-fed the idea that money or fame could help us to just escape the ordinary life. But today, on this program, we're going to reflect on the truth that life, even the Christian life, isn't always epic or even exciting. The ordinary takes faithfulness and can be embraced with some joy. Some Christians give the impression that the Christian life is like perpetually living in Disneyland. They apparently skip from one breathless roller coaster experience of God to another. The Lord seems to be very, very busily engaged in almost constant conversation with them. They enjoy a super fast broadband prayer life, and epic miracles seem to accompany their every waking hour. Bluntly, I don't find the life of faith to be like this at all. God is wonderful, and my life has been punctuated with more than my fair share of wonders. But many of my days fade into grey and should be filed under the heading of nothing much happened. Perhaps we should look at those lacklustre days, though, with renewed appreciation. Some years ago, I went to sweltering Banda Aceh in Indonesia, the city that suffered the greatest losses from the Boxing Day earthquake and tsunamis that followed in 2004. On that awful day, something extraordinary happened to the sea, which bunched itself up into a wave that delivered a knockout punch to the town. Over 200,000 people perished in that pummeling, including the inhabitants of a coastal fishing village that simply disappeared in seconds. Tired fishermen pointed their boats back towards port and home that night, unaware that a monster had crept beneath their boats while they fussed over their nets. To their horror, there was no port, no homes to sleep in, no wives and children to greet them. All were gone. During that visit, I sipped coffee with Wahul, a delightful smiling man who told me that I looked young from the neck down, which I think was a compliment. He'd lost both of his children to that wicked wave. His wife's entire family had been wiped out. And then I chatted with a giggling Nulea, a delightful 15-year-old whose home was still a temporary barracks that were hastily thrown up in the wake of that terrible day. Both of her parents perished. And just seconds after telling me that, she burst into singing, in perfect English, the ABBA classic, I Have a Dream, with its line about believing in angels. I'm sure she does, but for a moment I wondered how. There are so many there whose lives have been smashed to smithereens by that ominously historic day. Mass graves abounded, anonymous resting places for thousands. Many were never found, swallowed up by the ravenous beast that was the sea. 
all of which makes a restoration of relative normality, the ordinary life, a delight to behold. We visited the Community and Children's Centre run by Children on the Edge, the charity originally launched by body shop founder the late Anita Roddick. It was a hive of bustling ordinariness. Kindergarten children giggled on the swings. Computer skills classes were held in one room, embroidery in another. In the large hall, a children's choir practised their performance for an upcoming concert, all very ordinary and rather wonderful with it. And then we attended a football match organised by Children on the Edge, the culmination of a two-week tournament. It was just like an England World Cup match, a mixture of brilliance and ineptitude, a penalty shootout nail-biter to decide the result, and even a petulant young Rooney wannabe given a red card and sent off for fouling and then getting lippy with the ref. We cheered ourselves hoarse as the grinning captain held the moulded plastic trophy aloft, which was almost as big as him. The goalkeeper was the hero and saviour, and so was thrown up in the air in celebration. I wiped a tear away as I watched ordinary kids enjoying another ordinary day, free from fear, for a moment at least, of a monster wave, able to still dream about bending it like Beckham used to to laugh and argue and pull faces and have melting ice cream running down their chins, able to do what kids do best, living extravagantly for the moment. Those people didn't want a life that looks like a disaster movie, but where the special effects are real. They just like to be ordinary, to laugh and cry and wake and sleep and love and die like everybody else. Perhaps some of us are suffering from the disease that can afflict those who know for sure where their next meal is coming from. Boredom. The ordinary looks dull. Let's be grateful for those days of quiet predictability where nothing much happens, including nothing much that is bad. Suddenly, the ordinary can look magnificent. <laughs>